welcome to Heartwork Studios, the podcast. My name is Jesse Perkins. My name is Kaylee Denikin. And our Heartwork Studios podcast is a place where you can find inspiration to heal and find your own heartwork. Here at Heartwork Studios, we believe that everybody has a path to healing and we want to hold your hand and help you find that path. So sit back, relax, take a deep breath, listen to the content that we have for you on this podcast that will make you feel safe, heard, and inspired to heal yourself in your own heart. From our heart to yours. So I'm super excited to um, introduce Dr. Jeanette Habashi. And I was so um, grateful because one of my older sisters, she lives out in New Mexico and she met Jeanette um, out there. And she said, you have to get to know what this woman has done. She found her passion um, in helping get women refugees feet underneath them and showcase their talents. And she started a nonprofit social enterprise based in Zababde Village and managed in the U.S. called Child's Cup Full. And again, this was started in 2008 as a student-led initiative. Um, we were just really intrigued by her story. We were so inspired by it, and um, we hope our listeners are too. Um, so we're so happy to have you here today. And if you wanted to start by um, just introducing yourself to our listeners and where you are today, um, where you're working presently. So I, I'm a professor at the University of Oklahoma. Um, in Texas now, and I teach graduate students in the Department of Human Relations. It's an interdisciplinary uh, program between psychology, sociology, and uh, education. And we uh, train practitioner for working in the field, nonprofit, and uh, you know, political interest and and counseling and other stuff so gone so a lot of the macro lens of kind of human services but also the micro lens of psychology and clinical work yes we do both of them like they have to take the core courses across the uh, different tracks but then they specialize in uh, which track they want to complete so we have a mixture of uh, people who are working on the ground and it's always interesting to see different perspectives, not only a classroom. It's not like education. You only focus on the classroom. Do you see people from the field, outside, mm-hmm. social services, classroom? And, you know, you even work with the human resources, people interested in doing human resources. So it's it's a nice mixture, healthy mm-hmm. uh, perspective, healthy student body. That's so great. I, yeah, it's it's. I, I like teaching. I, I think it's a privilege. I always tell my students a privilege to teach you. Don't do things I will not do. Exactly, and I think what better te- way to teach than through experience, like getting your students out in the field and interacting and making those connections and networking. Um, it's just the best way to teach. I think it's the way that we remember things. You know, is through our own experiences. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, and I think it's 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 healthy to put theory into practice. You know, it's, yes. it's always good to like, oh, that sounds so good. 
but you don't know how it works in the field. A hundred percent. Yeah, totally. I think that falls for every disciple too. I mean, like as a graduate student myself, I, a lot of my mentors have been telling me, you know, don't stress as much about the work that you do in the classroom because the, the work that you do in the field is really where you're going to be doing the majority of your learning. And so I, I value that your um, program faces such, puts such a large emphasis on that. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I like it. I like yeah. being a teacher. Hmm. I love teaching. Um, and your so your association with the the Child's Cup Full um, or the nonprofit, and I just wanted to say that I mean, looking through your website and seeing what the what the Palestinian women can create with their embroidery, it's absolutely amazing, stunning. Thank you. So let me tell you how we started. So yes, yeah, that would be wonderful. Well, so we were like, you know, after we finish graduate school, you get a job and uh, it's, it's, it's different. It's different. Yeah, you, it's a different way of thinking. And you feel you, you, you reach a point of stability and it's time to give back to the community. So we were organizing a conference in Bethlehem. Uh, Palestine and some of the students were interested and I said it's nice to go to other places but it shouldn't be a tourist exercise it's not like you're signing up for a package to go and uh, visit you know Caribbean or cruise Mm -hmm. there is there is a kind of respect to go and visit another country so let's do something and uh, they said, let's do some, uh, let's figure out, ask somebody in the community what they need so we could help with that. So I called a friend, I said, what we could do. And she said, we need music instruments. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's try that. Mm-hmm. So my, I talked with my student and they said, let's do fundraising. And this is the way we started fundraising. I, I truly never knew the significance of selling cookie in $1. And I'm like, you know, I'm not I'm spending hours sitting on buying a cookie in $1. I didn't see the meaning of it until I think it hit me in a year. Because you're not, you're not per se interested in the dollar. You're interested in more spreading your mission to the people who are buying from you. You're yeah. talking about it. So that's the value of selling the cookies or the bake or anything. Mm-hmm. So we started doing, uh, we did yoga classes. We did students work. We had a, a student who used to teach ball dancing, ball hall dancing. So she gave classes. We had yoga. We had uh, dinners. So we start fundraising and we collected. Uh, some students even brought some music instruments. And we got donation from keyboards. So we went to the conference and we distributed, you know, we had some cash to buy instruments, but we had music instruments. And the funny part about it is we had two keyboards, maybe two or three. And the music teacher there, they said, it does not work here because our music it's, it has different tones I'm, I'm, I don't know what's the music. 
So the yeah, it's it's uh, like a different sound. It's a different sound from the instrument, right? Yes. So they're missing. Like it should be the keyboard did not include the sound of the Eastern music, something oh, like that. No. Right, the same notes because it's almost yeah, the notes are almost flat in a sense, and then I can see how the scale is different. Our note scale. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure that's what you're saying is right because I don't know what's and I never studied music. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first shock, you know, you learn your lesson. Yeah. But it was it was good. So we went and gave them music and we bought music instrument. And when we came back, the students said, Let's continue building that program, doing something. And while we were there, there was uh, somebody approach us and say, we need help with after school program. Mm -hmm. So we start fundraising for three years for after school program for refugee children, you know, because they have different education system because uh, they are the school run by United Nations for refugee. So mm -hmm. because there is a lot of children, not enough classroom. So you mm -hmm. have to, you have the education shift like from seven to one seven to noon one shift mm -hmm. and from one oh, three another shift oh okay so wow so they are they are really lacking resources in yes refuge in educational settings on refugee yes. sites yes so wow. the mothers ask us to the community ask us to you know support a tutor for after school to provide mm -hmm. more education so we did mm. that for a few years. Wow. How did that work out? It was, it was, it was, we identify a teacher. I went and I talked with a teacher and we paid her salary. Mm -hmm. We identify a center that the children will come. Mm -hmm. And it, we had two groups, like for like Monday, Thursday and Saturday, one group and another group, you know, the other days mm -hmm. so yeah. we were trying to do our best like you know mm -hmm. they're not going to have enough attention in like this small shift of course yeah yeah no that's not I mean our like in the U.S. we think about the hours that our children spend in school and it's usually from like eight or nine in the morning to sometimes like four in the afternoon and so from seven to noon or seven to one they're really losing a lot of time um, and it sounds like they're really lacking a lot of resources that you are trying to make up for. Yes. And you, in the U.S., you also have extracurriculum. Mm -hmm. You have, you know, right. they could so do the, and do things in the afternoon. So the children didn't have other classrooms either. They would go in kind of in groupings, just one classroom for that shift, right? Yes. So, yeah, so, it, so they didn't even move around. Oh, my gosh. No, there is like you have to put so much knowledge in that few hours. Oh my yeah. goodness, I can't imagine. Yeah, as a teacher, Jess, I can't imagine what your brain is feeling right now hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why most of them needed help. Right. Yeah. So, but the the interesting part after a few years, the mothers approach us and say. Let's find me a job. I will support my child. Mm. Yes, and I will and it, support the whole family. And now the, the mothers too as well, they're, they're responsible for 
taking care of the children when they yes. aren't in school, which is not even the full day, right? Yes. Right. So there's just so much pressure on them. Yes. And the 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 <laughs> the food rations that they were getting from the refugee camps were not enough to sustain their family, right? No. No. You, you it's impossible. Now we have these women who are they don't have work, so they have no financial stability. They're trying to feed and take care of their families and yes. everything is on them. Yes. And and imagine living in a refugee camp. It's, the living conditions is not the best. Can yeah, you like, talk a little bit about that, Jeanette? So uh, usually, so the camps are overcrowded. It's not even crowded, overcrowded. Sun does not come in the house because they were not, the area wasn't designed to to have a huge population okay so people build like shacks on each other there's you build on with there's no planning it's a refugee camp it's run by united nation since 1948 and some of them since 1967 you know, and people, there's a generation, there's another generation, and there is a third generation. So this is, there is, a, and the United Nations provide electricity and water. And sometimes the sewage, you know, they are in the middle of the refugee camp, but they tried to fix it a few years ago. So it is, it's not the healthiest condition. So crowded is not even... There's no natural light. You cannot, most of the houses, you don't have natural light. People oh my gosh, light. so there's no, so who built these houses? So they are, they are in refugee camp. Right. Refugee camp. And people, you know, initially you thought you'll go back home as a refugee. And okay. it goes on a year, two years, three years. And people move from tent to shack, from shack to cement from spent start building on on another floor because the family got bigger right they so they're them. building them themselves yes wow oh my gosh yes and well, how did your students react to seeing this when you brought them there it's uh, people were in shock like right. they didn't they it it wasn't easy for them because it's it's a different reality mm -hmm. you know it's it's uh and a part of it is that connection that motivate them to continue working on the project and reach you know reaching where we are now like how the things have changed from education after school ed from music instruments which were wrong to after school education to build a program to hire refugee and low income in uh, in uh, the West Bank. So we, mm. and that's, you know, people, pe really people don't like charity. They want to be treated with integrity. Right. So, yeah, these women came to you and they said, we want work because we yes. want to provide for our families in addition to taking care of our children and, you know, live it, living in this state of, of this refugee camp, but they're asking, they're not asking for funds. They're asking to work. Yes. And I think 
yeah, they, they, you know, it's easy for us to come and give like a small sum of money and leave. And that will be, oh, I did my part and we move. Mm. But, but it takes more effort to, to create a program that will hire them and create, you know, give them salary each month. Mm -hmm. So they could plan their life. Right. Something sustainable. Yes. And, and create stability in their life. Mm -hmm. Living in a refugee camp is not fun. There's, and imagine the electricity wire is outside. It's like, it's, it's, it's dangerous. I'm sure. it's It's dangerous. It's, Yep, it is bad. Yeah. Are there plumbing in these refugee camps? Uh, originally, no, but the United Nations created some. They built sewage system because it was open. Not all of them have sewage system yet. Wow. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and you don't have regular water. Electricity is not... Uh, reg- it's an overcrowded... It's uh, it's difficult. Yeah. So your students, you brought your students here, and so now their mission kind of transformed, and they really wanted to help these women. Yes. Of of anybody, and to find um, something sustainable, and also it's it's showcasing their talents as well. I mean, these women have these amazing embroidery talents and things like that, and I think that they they wanted to show that they're yes. artists as well. Yes. Yes, and so this is what, so when they approach us, I said, what we could do. So I'm like, I have no clue what business like. So right. uh, my background is education, education psychology, and I said, okay, let's create toys. So they, they, we were trying to find out somebody who could help us design toys and, and find local resources that it will not cost us money. So what is the local resources is they, in the area, there is a lot of uh, surplus, fabric surplus. Mm-hmm. So we could collect them, collect them for free. And we said, let's do toys from it. And this is the way we're saying, okay, we want to be environmentally friendly. We want to empower women and we want to be a nonprofit at the same time. Mm-hmm. So that's, and we do want to do it handmade because that's how we ha- we want to, uh, you know, use the skills of the woman. And this is we started doing toys, and uh, it 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 took a year to create one prototype, like you know, do a different uh, like one prototype for each toy. Wow! Yeah, because I didn't know what I'm doing to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the Ziki toys too, like just for our listeners who um, I I was looking through and there's so many, it's so neat because some of the toys teach Arabic, some of them teach Spanish words, um, English words. They have activity books for children made of fabric. So it's absolutely safe for little hands and little mouths, Um, but they can learn to tie shoes through these toys. They can, um, they have little play mats where you can, decorate a whole scene with different kinds of animals that are grouped. And I think they're great to have in classrooms as well. Yes. So I, I just thought they were really cool. I love them. Yeah. And they, they are tactile. We were safe product. 
-hmm. we test our product before we we uh, you know use them so we because we want the child to enjoy it yeah so we, super colorful yeah. too yes that's true and uh, no they're there so every toy is we work with a the teacher they give us a uh, an idea we do it and we take it to the classroom and they test it we try to have uh, you know different activities for each toy um, and that's why we call it Zeki Learning. Zeki, could you, do you want me to spell the website? Z-E-K-I learning.org. And every toy has different, you know, yeah, goals. Yeah, it's awesome. I could see it in any of any of the classrooms today, too. I actually sent the link to the teacher, my Spanish teacher I work with, because I loved how you had the Spanish matching words. Yes. Um, with the picture, I just think that's so great for children development in any age. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I love the inclusivity of it too. I mean, we live in such a diverse world, and particularly the United States becoming so beautifully diverse. And I think it's just wonderful that you're showcasing so many different cultures and making toys that represent so many different cultures that often are so silenced in our society. Mm-hmm. And even the the student, we 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 started a program recently. All of the our interns are also diverse. We have someone, uh, you know, uh, a student. She's Japanese heritage, and she's working with us. We have uh, somebody from. I think from his parents are from Africa. And he's working with us. And we have people who are even, uh, you know, from Thailand, a guy who's he's in international st- uh, school. He's working from us, with us, not from us. And we will try to keep it, you know, new perspective. Because exactly. I think, yeah. yeah. So it, it's, 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 we're keeping this in mind that we want our toys to speak to, more people than one culture or one education system. I love that. That's so, it's such an amazing time for something like this to be created. I'm, I, I'm astounded by it. I think that the mission and the, I mean, truly the hard work that's put into it is just so inspiring on so many levels, but I mean, especially the time that we're in, in our society right now, um, I just, it, it, it's, you're making a difference and, and seeing, you know, the amount of change that can can be created and the amount of impact that's generated from something like this. I mean, it, we're talking years of oppression of different cultures that that are now being celebrated um, and 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 utilized. And it's it's just really wonderful to hear that that's a huge value of your organization. Yes, and um, I I think the more we and I'm biased to women, the more women are included in decision-making, the better society we will have, not mm-hmm. in one country. I think in, I think women could talk to each other much easier than when men come into the room. A hundred percent. I can agree with you. For sure. There's a level of comfort. Yes. And there's a level. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, I, it's, uh, 
Yes. I think people, women identify with each other. After a few years, we had more women asking us for jobs. Yes. And that's where we said we, you know, we were not good yet in marketing. Our We cannot hire more people in, in Zeki Learning. So we created another brand called Darza.org, D-A-R-Z-A-H.org. So Darza.org. So the cool thing, and we produce handmade shoes and accessories. So it is beautiful. Some product take 18 hours to finish, only handmade without like putting it together, the product. But the way we develop that woman, uh, you know, be empowered and be part of the ta- on the table is the way we structure the organization. So mm-hmm. the woman have, we have now uh, a center in a village, which is the Zababde. And the woman who work in the center, there is no supervisor. Okay. We said, okay, it's, you could run the show. The project is for you. It's not for me. Wow. Uh, and uh, you, everybody knows their skill set. So if we have a product we want to produce, every one of them know what, they, what is their strength. And according to one of the artisans, everybody is supervising everyone. In a way, mm. they create a community to produce something. That the model of supervisor, the model of like over your shoulder, like authoritarian yes. type of. Uh, we we don't have it. Wow, awesome! It's like I talk with the artisans. You know, we have a volunteer also there who come and check with on them once a month, twice a month. They talk with her. And this is the way we communicate. Today, I, for example, I talked with one of artisan and talked with another one because she lost her mom or I gave her, you know, I wanted to check on her. Like, you know, are you doing well? How you're managing with COVID-19? You know, it, they, they go in and go out and they create the schedule. So, so much collaboration. Yes. And you have a sense of community. They have ownership in the project. It's that's what we love about it. They they feel the organization is for them. They truly are empowered by what they're doing. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and I'm 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 always amazed how they shape that. You know, like today she said, Oh, we didn't see you this year. Hopefully we'll see you next year. Like it, it's it's beautiful, you know. Yeah, there's no pointing fingers or anything. Zero. That's great. Literally zero. Like I'll give you a, a funny story. So they go into the house. It's a house. It's not a factory. It's a house, and it has two gardens. There's supposed to be two gardens. Okay. But we didn't finish putting the garden, but the woman planted herbs for the tea. They planted things for their lunch break mm-hmm. so they could use it. All right. And they, uh, 
while we're doing uh, this, and when we moved to this place, we had one of the larger community wanted to check on them. She, she started coming almost every day. And the woman, they said, you know, we, we don't like that. I'm like, okay, you could find a way, a nice way to tell her you don't want her, you know, you don't want her to come and check on you because you know what you're doing. And she's not part of the organization. So now before we, somebody wants to come to the organization, we will ask them if, they, if it's okay with them. Because this is their place and we honor it. That's and, so and this is the way. And they leave the place and they close it. Everybody, you know, they have a say. Wow. That is like, that's such a, that's an amazing business model. Exactly. Like for someone who's never studied business, I think that you created your own model of what made sense to you and what made sense to the people you were working with. And it's ebb and flow is like perfect. (laughs) And I I think to, go go ahead, Jeanette. No, I think about it when we get the orders and we are rush in time the woman will come and do their utmost best to make it happen. Mm. Because we gave them that freedom. They have their ownership. They give it back. It's even, they know this is their livelihood. Yeah. Yeah, I think too, I'm I'm having, like I'm wearing my trauma-informed hat right now. And I just think about, the potential for harm in the sense of, you know, a a woman living in a refugee camp embarking on a work, like on a job, on a working position and how traumatic that could be. But the organization that you've created, it sounds so trauma informed to me that it's so empowering. It's like, it's not only are you trauma informed and being aware of the experiences that these women have had and the oppression and discrimination and poverty and, you know, just generic abuse that they've experienced and you're giving them a safe place to be empowered and to work and to heal and to collaborate and to find companionship within each other and to work towards a goal. Like it just, the the whole model is is very, um, it's just very beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, and what's cool about it, if there is someone, you know, there's cultural things. If somebody passed the SAT equivalent Tawjihi back home, all of them go and, you know, give them good wishes. You know, they take a present and, mm-hmm. and you know, there is holidays. They go to each other house to say happy holidays. It's, it's. And they come with these ideas. We want to have a day off to go and have a picnic. I'm like, okay. You know, I'm, I, I, like they come with this community. They, they created a, a relationship that is truly valuable. Let, let me give you an example. And yes. when I went a year ago, I said, why are you doing this? So there is something. So they, they get a salary. We are one of unique in a way we don't pay per piece. We give them salary, okay? There's mm-hmm. a place, a safe place, healthy place, working condition. The lighting in the place is cool. It's, it's perfect. 
So, but also the way they are organizing themselves. So for example, somebody wants to buy a fridge, okay, from them, you know, for the house. So what they do is their example, their sex. Each of them, for example, would put $100 each month. And one, one of them each month will get the $600 or $700. And they buy the fridge. Next month, they will put the same money and somebody else buy something else. And they've been doing it for the last three years. So every woman of them, they organize, besides they're getting a salary, rather t- than taking a loan from the bank, which they don't have access to, they create mm-hmm. their own loaning system based on trust. Wow. And it's, it's, they achieved a lot of things with it. Like I know, like they want me to be, in, to be part of it. I said, I could pay you for a year. But I'm useless, you know. <laughs> I could pay the money in advance, <laughs> but it's it's I I I love the way they think. I I like this. This is they're we're, we're trying to create sustainability, and we want them to create stability in their life. You you and me and most people, we plan on things, you know. We want them to feel that they're going to have a life, Mm -hmm. you know. And I love it. They have have three systems each month. They have the end of the month, the end of the week, and I don't know if they have the end of the day. So they, no, so. They, they put like maybe two dollars at, at the end of the week one person take and the end when they get their salary they put uh, you know a bigger number and somebody else take it so it's mm-hmm. it's a fabulous they're they're wonderful it's an honor working with them it's unbelievable and it seems like i mean if you were if we were to ask you like back when you first began with your with working with the students, if was this in the cards? Like, did you have any idea that this is something you would do one day, or has it just evolved over time? Oh, I I I thought it was going to be one, maybe one fundraising. We you know, two fundraising. What we we thought it's going like after a few years, it's going to stop. Yeah. But it evolved. We could because we you didn't. I didn't anticipate they're going to ask us to do this. Then after we you you build the uh, Zaki learning, somebody else woman ask us to. We need more job. We get a lot on weekly basis. We got at least one applicant. Wow. Yeah, it's like, and amazingly, like we're still surviving. It's. We we didn't think about it. It's going to happen. I never thought about it this way. Yeah. You know? And but it sounds like you just kind of said, "Yes, let's try it. I'm going to put fear aside and let and let's give it a go." And and everyone kind of worked with you. And now you have the, these two evolving businesses, um, and and a group of women that sounds like is growing and building yes. every day. 
So yep. it's just fascinating to me how just one choice of, oh, maybe I'll start a little fundraiser just became this, this huge community of women who are now building sustainable life for their families. It's unbelievable. So I, I see it, the community is big. I see it, the community is, it's a global community. Yeah. It's like you are now part of the community. Yeah. See? I see you, the community. I see people in the West Bank, women of the community. I see people who are students who are helping part of the community. It's no longer like one group that is so-called benefiting. I feel everybody is benefiting. A hundred percent. I love that you said that. It's And just us having this conversation right now is is spreading that community even bigger. Yes. Yeah, I mean, talk about like global healing. Like that's just what keeps coming to mind. It's, I mean, I think the, a huge takeaway from this is the contrast between, you know, giving financial support to a community one time versus generating something that's sustainable, that allows for further growth and further evolving. And it just gives people what they need and what they want versus what we might see as a band-aid when we, you know, offer like a lump sum of money to an organization or community. And your model is so, it, it heals not only the children in refugee camps, but the women in refugee camps, and it allows them to build a future for themselves. Um, and I just, I really, I value it. And it's, it's such a great example of global healing, I think, in a mass context. Yeah. And it's, it's, I'm honored, to be honest. I get overwhelmed sometimes between my work and the organization. Oh, I'm sure. But, but it's, it's, it's a joy talking with our leading artisan. Like, you know, you call her, you said, you ask her how, how you're doing. And in a way, when she talks about, oh, everything is fine. And then you remember what she's going through. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm only overwhelmed. Exactly. You know, and uh, but it's it's exciting. I have to uh, mention something I didn't mention is we moved from the refugee camp to Zababde, which is a village mm -hmm. close oh, okay. by, and the center is in a village. It's uh, uh, it's almost seven miles from the refugee camp. It's because you need the space. You need yeah, and we had to move to. A space that, uh, you know, healthy condition, working condition. That's important mm -hmm. for us. So it's, it's and, and it's accessible by the women who yes. live in the refugee camp. Yes. They can like walk yes. there, or find transportation there. They find transportation. Yes, yes. And we we were aware of that. It's a very central. Uh, Zababde is considered to be a central. It's a town, but maybe it's like. It's, you know, it's a, it's a small village. It's not mm. big. But it's accessible because it has a university. That's why mm. we, we mm. thought of it. And it's, it's a beautiful place. Good. And it's, it sounds like a safe place, too. Yes. That's big for us. Yes, it's very safe. Very awesome. Yeah. No, it's a, the women are wonderful. Awesome. Um, Jeanette, was there any message that you wanted to give? I mean, you had already given us the two links. Um, 
if anybody wanted to support both of your nonprofit organizations, um, both the Zeki Toys and the, um, correct me, the, the name of the fashion brand? Darza.org. Darza. Um, so that you can find them through those two links. And we're, we're going to link them in the podcast description as well for people to just take a look um, at this amazing thing that you've created. But was there any message um, you'd want to give our listeners for anyone who um, just wants to learn more about how they can help other communities or in our message of global healing or just anything of that nature? Yes. I would like everybody before they think of buying anything, make sure that has a social mission. Mm. Your, your dollar makes a difference. Wow. It's simple. You know, you don't want to think most people who are doing good stuff, they put their information on their tag. You know, they're fair trade, they're nonprofit, they're woman, you know, woman empowerment, handmade. When when you see a product is handmade, you know it's done by women, they're providing a job. Make make sure that you use your dial, dollar to make justice. Mm. Thank you for that. That is so, so great. A great message. I'm like awestruck right now. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) I do. We'll say too to our listeners, like definitely look through the two websites because hearing this, hearing this beautiful content, it, it really, Jeanette, you've really challenged me personally to, to think about the organizations that I'm purchasing um, my clothing items from, or, you know, I have so many nieces and nephews, including Jesse's newest, beautiful little baby. And <laughs> I don't ever want to buy a toy now for, for Miss little Olivia or for any other one of my, the, the children in my family or my network, you know, that doesn't necessarily support that social mission. And, and two, to any of our, um, listeners or heart workers that are, like into fashion. I mean, Darza is like the most beautiful brand ever. I mean, I look through and the, there's boots, there's booties, there's mules, there's flats, there's bags and like headbands and bracelets and, and like even like kitchen things for decor and pillows and aprons. Like it's the most beautiful, intricate, um, like one of a kind type of item that you could ever possibly hope to have in your life. And all of that money that you're spending on it is going to this beautiful organization. And I just, I I don't know. I think it's so important that our listeners really understand that. And Jeanette, I love, I love how you, how you said your dollar matters because it, it does. And I really appreciate you um, enlightening us with, with that expert knowledge. And thank you folks for not only inviting me for becoming part of the, our organization. Oh, of course. We are so thrilled to be a part of your beautiful mission. Yes. And we will let you go because we know you are a busy woman. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank Jeanette. You so, much. so good to Thank talk to you. Thank you so much, Jeanette. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your heart with us. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, Heartworkers, thank you so much for listening to that amazing story by Dr. Jeanette Habashi. Her story is truly an inspiration to us all to, even if you have a very small idea, 
just go for it and see where it may take you because now she has a full working association and she's helping so many women refugees by the day. So if you would like to help out with Jeanette's mission and learn more about her association, you can find more information at achildscupful.org. And then the separate brands, there's Zeki Learning, which is the children's toys focused on cognitive and language development. That is Z-E-K-I learning.org. And for her amazing fashion brand, these women are unbelievable um, what they can make. Just go and check them out, the shoes, the bags, and you know your money is going to help these women and their families. And that is Darza, D-A-R-Z-A-H dot org. Thank you, Heartworkers. And remember, you are always welcome to share your heartwork with us by just emailing a story. Or if you want to be part of our podcast, we would love to have you. So you may email us at heartworkheels at gmail.com. Have an amazing day.